Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. And a very good Tuesday morning to you as we welcome you along on um, Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Tuesday. If you've already had your pancakes today, well done. How organised were you to be up that early making uh, pancakes? Bernie is sitting in taking calls for John Paul today. She was up early, half past six this morning, making pancakes. That's how organised our Bernie is. Uh, so if you want to uh, contact the programme today, John Paul off, but Bernie in at 1850 You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And uh, of course, this is the week where we are continuing to roll out the vaccines for the over 85. From what I can gather, I don't know if anyone was vaccinated yet. Uh, yesterday, I couldn't see any reports. I thought there would be lots on the TV last night of the first of the over 85s being vaccinated. But it looks like today seems to be the day that a number of patients have their appointments to go into their local GP to get their first dose. And there'll be more across this week, even more next week and even more the following week. And the plan and the hope is that over the next three weeks, we will have all of the the over 85s vaccinated. Tomorrow, actually, on the programme, we will have a GP joining us to talk about the rollout a little bit further because I know some of our listeners are concerned, some of the over 70s, people want to know when, is there any time frame and when I'm going to get my vaccines? And even on Friday, when we started saying to people, look, your GP practice will be contacting you if you're over the age of 85. And we were all a little bit excited about the start of it. And we had one listener who contacted us because her 90 year old mother didn't have any contact from her GP and she had heard of an 86-year-old who was in the very same GP practice who already had an appointment for this week and she was wondering, has her mother been forgotten about? And we've been constantly saying to people, please don't harass the GPs, please don't keep ringing the GPs, they have enough on their plate that your GP will contact you. That's very much the message that the GPs themselves want to get out and that the HSE want to get out. So I was wondering for this woman with her mother, was it that her doctor, doctor's practice were prioritising the over 85s, maybe based on medical history, couldn't quite work it out. And just then before the close of the programme, the lady contacted us back to say that that morning 
somebody from the GP practice had contacted to give an appointment date for her mother and it turned out that particular GP practice were contacting people alphabetically so I suppose it probably varies from GP practice to GP practice and of course we know that some surgeries will have more over 85s than others Uh, so you'll have some surgeries will have all of their over 85 year olds done this week but those practices that may have more on their books will take the entire three weeks for them to get through all of uh, the patients over the age of 85 so we will have a doctor tomorrow a GP join us if anybody has questions or queries uh, around it but there is starting to be uh, good news coming out about the vaccine and in particular you know the way everybody is looking to Israel Israel are the country that have the first major real world study conducted because they have so many people vaccinated at this stage and the news coming out of Israel yesterday that symptomatic infections of COVID-19 dropped by 94% in those people that have received the two doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The the study also showed that 92% were less likely to develop serious illness if they did end up contracting the virus. The comparison was against a group of the very same size. It was 600,000 people. Uh, What they did was they then looked at the medical history of of a further 600,000 people who hadn't received the the, the jab. So they were able to do a very controlled study and they were able to do it in real time and it covered a total of 1.2 million people. It's the first study of its kind and the size of that study but it does confirm exactly the findings of the clinical study which had been conducted by uh, Pfizer and Pfizer obviously as indeed with all of the vaccines they hope that their clinical study is spot on. So this was the first opportunity in a real world study 1.2 million people 600,000 getting the two jabs 600,000 getting the jabs and they were able to compare and they come up with amazing results. 94% drop in systematic infections and 92% less likely to suffer any kind of severe severe illness from the study. So it shows unequivocally that the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine is extremely effective in the real world and that is a week after the second uh, dose according to this study. It said that the data indicates that the Pfizer vaccine which of course was developed with the German BioNTech is even more effective two weeks after the uh, second uh, shot and the full results from that study are expected to be published in the coming weeks and they're also due to include findings on the extent in which the Pfizer vaccine blocks transmission of the virus and that's going to be the one that really is going to be worth watching and if it can prove that it's blocking transmission of the virus that's certainly will open up the world a lot more particularly for those people who have been uh, vaccinated. So while that certainly is good news on how effective vaccines are looking to our own country our positivity rate is falling. I mean the numbers yesterday wasn't it incredible to hear that there was no deaths recorded in the previous 24 hours uh, yesterday. Now that's not to say that that will get a a higher number uh, today but it was just there was almost like a sigh of relief when you realise you know, no no family bereaved yesterday due to uh, COVID-19. So the positivity rate is slowing, but it's 
it's too slow. It's almost like it's plateaued at, at times. The positivity rate is dropping. It's just under 6%. But according to Philip Nolan, that is still too high. The high incidence among older people is now down, though, to the population average. And obviously the good news there is that that will soon be even lower because obviously there's going to be the people who have benefited from being vaccinated against COVID-19, the older population who are are in uh, nursing homes, many of them have already received their second vaccine and then obviously with the rollout of the vaccine now into the general community that number will come down, will be even better in the older age group. There's an increase in cases. If you look at the the cases across the country, they're falling everywhere. Munster, we're doing particularly well here in Munster. I am slow to say anything about how well we're doing in Cork because I also have a tendency that I seem to jinx it. I seem to see, say previous times we've been doing really well and suddenly within a week or two the numbers have gone the other way. So I'm keeping my mouth stum when it comes to the overall numbers here in Cork. But looking across Munster we're doing well. Waterford seems to be kind of the only area of Munster where, you, where there's still uh, quite a high number of cases. But even within Waterford they are dropping. Dublin, there's still a bit of a worry in Dublin. And there's a worry in some of the other cities. And then you look at universities there's been two universities now that have been hit by major COVID-19 uh, outbreaks and what it's looking at and what it's pointing to, students are uh, not abiding by the lockdown uh, rules. It's causing clusters of infections and some of these clusters set up to 40 people. The outbreaks were discovered in University College Galway and also up the road from us in University College Limerick and there was clear evidence from the clusters that there was households uh, mixing. Dr Lorraine Nolan of the Health Protection Surveillance Centre said in the Galway outbreak they had 135 students tested positive. I mean that is a huge, huge number of young people to test positive. Then there's a further 35 that have suspected cases and there's 30 more with symptoms who are awaiting testing. She said that there had been 15 clusters uh, within that group and up to 40 people involved in some of the clusters with an average of two to three households all being linked. She says there is real concern about these outbreaks. And I know at the University of Limerick, they've had 120 students testing positive. And because of that, at the end of last week and across last week, they triggered into the weekend, they triggered a widespread screening. They just decided, look, this is too many cases testing positive amongst the university population so they got in there and decided whether you were close contact or whether the symptoms or not they started doing this uh, mass uh, testing and then presentations where people are going to work with symptoms this now is becoming a, a problem and that's now leading to workplace outbreaks Along with the people who are at work, there is a lack of social distancing and staff are meeting up for smoking breaks and staff meeting up in canteens. And I suppose some of that has to do with a bit of complacency sets in. I mean, people who have been at work uh, and maybe throughout all of the lockdowns and they're coming up to now nearly a year of that, they're just getting used to, oh, sure, we're all here at work together. Sure, aren't we all fine? And all it needs is for one work colleague to bring it in. And if there isn't social distancing, if there isn't mask wearing and if people are all hanging out uh, together at a smoking break or maybe going for a cup of coffee at the same time or too many people congregating around the water cooler inside in the canteen because we we know because it is the UK variant of 
the coronavirus that's in this, that's most prevalent in this country, we know how contagious it is. Much more contagious than, say, the original strain that was here. So what people were doing in work back maybe in July when there was very low number of cases and when we didn't have the very contagious strain, you you know, one person might have had it in the building and may not have spread it on. But now it's like when it comes into a household, the one that they have noticed once it gets into a household, everyone in the household or a lot of people in the household are going to pick it up because it is just so contagious. So people just need to be really, really careful. And Dr. Ronan Glim, then yesterday he was asked, this was at the, the meeting where the press get the chance to quiz Neffert on all different, a host of different things. And they asked about St. Patrick's Day. That's our, I suppose, suppose our next a bank, bank holiday and it's our national holiday in this country. So Dr. Roland Gleam has asked, what are the prospects of households being able to meet up on the 17th of March? Will there be any kind of, would two households be able to uh, get together? Would you be able to pop into the neighbour maybe to wet the shamrock? But he says uh, no. He's cautioning against that and saying 17th of March, we are still thinking too far ahead even though what, it's a, a month away now. He said at this point, he said, I don't see anything other than the cautious phased reopening of schools will be possible in March. He said we've got to get that right and the health service back up and running. He said it's really difficult to see beyond that point at the moment. And then with regards to people maybe being able to attend Mass for Easter Sunday, that will be the next big event after St. Patrick's Day. He said again, way too early to be talking about Easter at this point. He said the figures suggest the country will be in a relatively good position. That'll be by the middle of March. However, he did remind people that it is still not He reckons it still won't be safe enough to meet up with people from outside each other's household. Professor Nolan, who tracks the virus, said we're currently at a level of disease similar to where we were back in October. He said it took very strict measures to bring case numbers down to around 250 a day. But he said we know what happened back in October. That still wasn't good enough. And I think we've learned they've learnt and nobody wants the same mistakes made again. And then when it comes to the rollout of the vaccine, the one that we are certainly hearing the most about here on this programme are people contacting us saying loved ones over in England and they're infuriated because they, even though they're delighted for their loved ones that they've got the vaccines and what in God's name are we doing here? Why are we not rolling it out uh, quicker? Well it seems that very discussion happened in Kerry County Council at their weekly meeting and at the meeting one of the councillors said that the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson should take over the running of this country when it comes to the rollout of the vaccine. He said, give him the rollout, give them the t- get, let him take over the rollout for six months uh, because obviously Kerry County Councillor is exasperated about the slowness of the rollout of the COVID-19 uh, vaccines. Uh, many councillors in Kerry, and this has been reflected here in Cork and indeed all over the country, are approached by constituents saying, when are we going to get our, our vaccines. The public, they say, are getting increasingly anxious and because they're looking at what's happening in the United Kingdom, they see the speed of the rollout there and it's perplexing people as to why are we not getting anywhere near a rollout like they have over in England. So it was this independent Killarney councillor by the name of Donal Grady. He said, look, 
People simply want to get their lives back. And he said an invitation should be issued to Boris Johnson to take over the running of the vaccine rollout in this country. He said we could do with Boris Johnson for six months. Then then the Tralee Independent uh, Councillor Sam Locke says Boris Johnson must be doing something right over there. Now, obviously, the suggestion led to division amongst the Kerry Council councillors as rejected out of hand by the mayor of uh, Kerry, who said, I will not be sending any invite to Boris Johnson. Thank you very much. And Boris Johnson, while he might have got things very wrong at the start of the pandemic, I mean, he certainly is after getting it right when it comes to the rollout of the vaccine. I think that is just, it's just infuriating people that they see what's going on over in England and we just don't seem to be able to to get it right here. Even though we did have these 37 vaccine sites announced yesterday. We're going to be discussing that on the programme today, particularly trying to get clarification on what's happening in West Cork when it comes to one of these uh, vaccination centres. But a topic that we have been addressing quite a lot on this programme and we have been speaking to people who are desperate to get the vaccine due to underlying health conditions. I mean, only yesterday and again at the back end of last week, we spoke with somebody, um, two people on kidney dialysis and people on kidney dialysis are literally surely shielding themselves while waiting for the vaccine and there's no mention of when they are due to get their vaccine the same with people who've already had a transplant they're immune compromised people who have underlying health conditions that particularly lung conditions you know people with COPD people with alpha 1 people with you know chronic emphysemia who really say you know if i get COVID-19, I haven't a hope in hell of my lungs being able to battle this. I need to get uh, the vaccine. So there's been a lot of calls. We know all about the sequencing and the 15 different groups. When are these really at-risk groups? When are they going to um, get included? And when are they going to know roughly when they're going to get their uh, vaccine? Well, it seems, and this is a a bit of good news, that the National Immunisation Advisory Committee, and they're the group that decide the order in which the vaccine is given out, they are now reviewing the priority list of groups and it's expected that a wider range of people with underlying illnesses will be included on these priority lists. The list has to be regularly examined in the context of evidence around groups who are at higher risk. Now there's still, by the way, less clarity yesterday on whether carers who look after relatives, whether they'll be moved up the ranking because there has been from the very start, I think, of when vaccines were mentioned, there has been a call on behalf of carers who didn't get mentioned anywhere in the middle of any of the priority lists, uh, you know, making the point that if you're full-time caring at home for a loved one, and my God, if God forbid the carer became very unwell and ended up in hospital, who then is going to look after the person that the carer was caring for? So as of yet, it doesn't, there's no indication that they're going to be moved up the ranking list, but we'll wait and see the National Immunisation Advisory Committee when they come come up with what looks like is going to be a new priority list uh, in the coming days. Let's see if carers get included, but good to see that they are now putting their hands up and saying, look, people with underlying health conditions really do need to be prioritised. 1850 333103. Bernie, taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 
103103. Anne was on. Anne had joined us last week on the programme from Sandfield Terrace in Mallow. She was highlighting the issue of dumping that was going on in the area and she was back on to thank us for highlighting it, which was our pleasure. Thank you for contacting us, Anne. Uh, but she says the council have been up and they've actually put up no dumping notices. And fingers crossed that the no dumping notices uh, will work and I'm assuming they've cleaned up that area as well. That was the area where there was rats and everything and it just sounded really, really uh, atrocious. So Anne, thank you uh, for your call. Talking about the rollout of vaccines, Martin and Mitchellstown uh, wants to know when will diabetics be getting the vaccine? They're not on the list. Now whether they're going to be included when the National Immunisation Advisory Policy, they're reviewing their priority list of groups and I'm assuming diabetics will be included as one of the groups with an underlying uh, illness. So we'll w- wait to see for that new list to come out, Martin. But as of yet, no specific date on when diabetics uh, will be getting the uh, vaccine. Um, Hi Patricia it's not safe to mix with people outside your family that's what was said yesterday yeah it was reiterated once again by Rona Glynn yes says this texter foreign students are coming here at the the moment to stay with host families while they've no schools to uh, go to isn't that God I'm really surprised uh, to hear that foreign students are even uh, travelling but according to this listener there are and they don't have schools to go to so if they're coming here it's more to learn the language and they're obviously doing calls or they're doing classes over Zoom, is it? 1850 Now, we are going to be talking about car insurance later on in the programme. And here's a, a great, and, um, and whenever we do an issue about car insurance, I always welcome listeners to share their thoughts if they have a particular story to tell about car insurance. Martin from North Cork says, Patricia, I have a 17-year-old car and the quotes I got to insure the car for a year were scandalous. You would think I was driving a jumbo jet. Even my own insurance company, the premium was extremely high. I'm 55 years old. I've got a full, clean Irish licence. I'd be better off with a donkey. Are the government ever going to step in and stop all these high car insurance costs? I think not. And by the way, Patricia, my car passed the NCT last November. So if anyone tries to tell me my car is too old, they can take a run and jump. If my car is too old, then why am I even allowed to get insurance on it? Says Martin from uh, North Cork, who sounds very, very frustrated at not being able to get a reasonable quote on a 17-year-old car. As I say, we will be discussing car insurance in more detail coming up on the programme later on. 1850 333 103. Work today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 to Angarda Siakona. Finnafall Councillor Derry Canty uh, joins me with more on this uh, story. Good morning to you, Derry. Uh, wrong button press. Good morning, Derry. Good morning, Good, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and you're welcome to the programme. Do you think Thank there you. has been an increase in these rogue traders since the pandemic? Basically, since the pandemic, things have gone a little quieter due to the fact of the, the, the travel restrictions and everything like that, and more guardy on the road. But previous to that, all last summer, well into the autumn, you'd see nothing but people calling to doors, vans up and down the road, and like that again, people were getting nervous, and they, we were plagued with it here in Ballincollig due to the fact of the large number of estates, and people were out at work at that juncture. And what, what type of work are these guys asking to do? Well, there's, there's, there's three or four categories there. One was a, a chutes and downpipes. Okay. The other was power washing and cleaning windows. 
and the other lads in another group of going around then doing Tarm Academy. So, like, there was the three aspects of the main things, like, and they were calling, leaflet dropping, and like that again, you you know, you know they weren't genuine because if you ring up the numbers, sometimes they're false numbers, but they're just putting the leaflet out, you know, their name and their address and, and a, a contact number. And you see, anyone can get these leaflets printed to make it look like they're a genuine company and that, that they have insurance cover and that they have all of the qualifications. It's very easy to do. You can even do up those leaflets yourself at home. You can, of course. And like the point is that this is Banning College is kind of getting elderly at the moment, bar the western side now or the newest states. But there's a lot of elderly people now living in the Banning College area. And like I know of one or two that got caught badly. And like the work was shabby. Mm. Everything, downpipes and gutters were leaking. Things were falling off the faces. And the power washing they were doing was, speak a bit odd the other I say, a bucket of water, what they use, and they're charging absolutely. They were asking them for fierce prices for it and demanding it. Not that they give you a price, demanding it. And can some of these guys, Derry, be very persuasive? On real altogether. I know of a resident that rang me, she was in an awful way that she, these people arrived at the front door, the, the van was there now with the water tanker up in the back of it, the van and the power hoses and everything, they had all the gear and they came in, knocked on the door, that her driveway was bad, bad, bad and she said, oh yeah and she just was, had given her a price and while she, she didn't tell him, do it but she t- took him into the back of the house and said, look, I have a small bit of a yard at the, the patio at the back. Would you throw that in as well? By the time she came back out to the front door, the other fellow had got out of the van and started power washing her front drive for her. So now they were working without her approval. So now they had her and they demanded money off her before they left. Yeah, and God help us, they're, they're an age group who are so honest and would feel, oh, they must have misunderstood, I better pay them should they've done the work. They have, and you can read it there in the papers and you'll hear it where people are caught for thousands for fixing roofs or, you know, for work that's being done and tar, tar academy lifting up. No, they're genuine fellas going around as well and they're not as good as anything either. Like, don't, don't we can't cast expressions to everything, but like, they, these people are going around like, and they nearly know where houses to call to and what estates. But the only thing about it here in Ballincollig, we have two good community guardians. Brilliant. We have a text messaging set up as well. And we have Ballincollig Community Hub, where like the residents in the estate will ring around. They say, come here, watch it. Is a fellas going around there with a van and this fellas going down there with a blue card and they're up and down. They're looking in and looking out. Now, there might be genuine going in, but at the same time, you don't know. And like this is this is coming near the season now again, if, please God, there will be a lockdown, a lockdown. We'll be able to get out again. And like this again, they could be back on the road and we'd be infested again with all these people calling because there's such a long, there was a long period of uh, lockdown now that people will be coming out to do their houses and everything and these people will... They'd, they'd make money out of it. Yeah, and they'll know that a lot of people... We'll have a bit of savings because we, you know, no one's been able to spend any money, and they'll, they, you know, that they'll pry on that as well, and they'll know that there's money there that we can we it can is. tap into. And then if they do a shoddy job, Derry, there's no way of tracking these guys down no. to get to get them back. You you having to hope in hell of, of of finding them afterwards. 
not a hope because what we saw here and being the local councillor here, like you'd be up and down the town, you'd be meeting people and everything around. And they'd come in, they hit an estate for, say, a day. Then they'll go away and they'll do another estate on the western side. And if you start trying to look around through the years, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They'll go down, say, it's that thing, they could go down to McCroom, they could go up to Mallow, they could go to Caligaline. You see, they have a system and they know how to beat it. They're at it for so long, these people. They they hit an area for a while and they're gone. Yeah, and they usually use the line, oh, we're after doing your neighbours or a woman down the road. And, you know, and you think, oh, God, yeah. if, if she got but them, they must be OK. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you just, yeah, you just have to be so, so careful. I mean, and I, we're off, we often talk about it here on air, and I'm always saying to people, if you do need a job done, if you do need your gutters cleared out, or if you do need your windows cleaned, or as you say, the power washing needs to be done word of mouth go with a local company someone you can trust and I always think word of mouth is great if you know if you know somebody who had work done what were they like were they reliable did they turn up on time and and, and a local company because keeps money in the locality as well but if God forbid something goes wrong you'll have somewhere to go to afterwards you will of course and you see they, they're so cute that the ladders are up there power washing or cleaning or shoot and they say there's a tile oh there's a tile missing that's up it, there that's or, it. you yeah. know this is missing we'll fix that for you jeez before you know where you are like just gone to thousands yeah, not yeah, hundreds yeah a job that started out as a couple of hundreds can, can go into can go into thousands so if uh, they call I, if they call to the door Derry I mean what's your oh, don't engage like literally get rid of them you do you try and get rid of them but they're they're, they're wound up on it they're brilliant at it these people like there'll be one fell in the van walking coming up look we have all the gear here now look we're here we can do it for you know look we're on the job and like as you said they were down the road we're after just finishing two houses down the road we can do yours now as we're in, and we give a good price mm. but like they're brilliant you could see them coming in here three or four times and then have three or four houses together to do and I saw it I saw it being done where they get two houses together and while they're doing those the neighbour next door will look up and she say, oh, geez, your your house is done. They're cute, you see. They might do the first one at the right price. Yeah. But the second, the third and the fourth, that they have you creamed. Yeah, so run them, tell them you can be polite and just say, no, I have somebody to do that job or I've, I've got somebody calling to do it, make up some, some story. But would you suggest call the Gardaí at the same time? Once of you've course. closed the door and got rid of them, call the Gardaí. That's why we have Neighbourhood Watch. We have a Balancholy Community Hub and we have two good community guards based here now in Ballancolic. And they are on the road with us all the time. And like Neighbourhood Watch every month, but you know, to the pandemic and through to COVID-19, we didn't have a meeting for a long, long time. But we're still in contact. The guardie are still in contact with the residents' associations and stuff. Are you all right down there? Is there anything happening? And that's the only way to beat that system. Because other than that, and the main reason I raised it, Patricia, this time of the year is that if we come out of this uh, lockdown in March, they'll be back on the road again. And to just to highlight to the people and the residents, please, please, please do not entertain. I'm just saying, sorry, I haven't time. Look, I, I, I have my brother-in-law, my son-in-law, whatever it is, coming to do it for me. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. And close the door. Don't engage with them. Because yeah. if you do, it's like Lando, they'd have one leg in the door. And before you know where you are, they're at the job and you didn't agree to it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And as you say, they know who to target. They know an elderly person is can be intimidated very easily. And once the job has started, or oh, you, Mrs. You, you, you agree to the job and before you know it, 
there. I mean, we've heard horror stories of getting cash from people and, you know, driving people down to the bank or to the, you know, to the post office to take people's money out. It's just, it's it's shocking. John in Canturk says there are cowboy builders and carpenters in every town. Some of them are doing cut price jobs and they're actually taking work away from good qualified uh, people. And the problem is it's in the, the word you use, cowboy builders, the work you're going to get shoddy workmanship. Who are, of course. And like, and as I said, Patricia, they're here in Baden College this week. Such a big estate, all the estates and everything like that. They know what estates to go into. They won't go into the new, uh, the new uh, built estates at all. They go into the, the, the ones that are here for years, like the Rosebuds in Escaraview, Musgrave Estates and all that. Like, And they know where to go. Just like a system with them, they know where to come back, they know where to go, and they're coming come in. And by the time you open your mouth, they're in. Yeah, Margaret and says. The point when... is, the only thing, as I say, and this is it: people, please join neighbourhood watch, get in contact with the guard, the guard station, as much as you can, and have your guard number station ready to ring straight away that you have a problem here. There's something is happening, and get the Gardaí on the job yeah, because the Gardaí will come up and they'll have a quick word in their ear and watch them leave the area then yeah, uh, very quick yeah Margaret <laughs> says whenever these bogus call bogus traders come to my door down through the years I simply tell them sorry don't have any money can't afford it and close the door they're gone fairly yeah. quick alright that's it just get, get them off your doorstep ok uh, Derry listen thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning Delighted for that. Thank uh, you, Thanks. Uh, good, bye-bye. Good, good words of advice. Uh, just, as I say, not happening now, but in the coming weeks, if there are restrictions lifted, particularly if we're allowed say, to travel around our own county, which would be glorious, that's when you'll see some of these bogus traders come out of the woodwork. So please be, be alert and be careful. Bernie taking your calls, 1850 333 103. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 Yesterday, the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, announced 37 locations that will act as COVID-19 vaccination centres with five centres confirmed for Cork. Three in the city, one in Mallow and one in Bantry. To clear up confusion about the West Cork area. I'm joined by local Fianna Fáil Deputy uh, Christopher O'Sullivan. Good morning to you, Christopher. Morning, Patricia. Okay, when the announcement was made for Bantry, we were scratching our heads saying, what about Ahamilla in the GA centre in uh, Clonakilty? That is that being used as a vaccination centre? I was scratching my head myself, Patricia, when I saw the uh, uh, the provisional list or the list announced uh, yesterday by Minister Stephen Donnelly. Um, so straight away, I contacted the HSC and I must thank the estates um, section of the HSC at this stage. They've been brilliant in terms of their communications and the information that they've uh, been giving me. So, um, yes, the GA complex in Ahamilla will be used uh, as a vaccination centre um, in tandem uh, or alternatively with Bantry. And that was confirmed yesterday by the estates. The issue with it being left out of the provision list was the fact that the final details of the uh, contract had yet to be finalised. Uh, that was finalised yesterday afternoon and contracts were signed. So what you'll have in West Cork, Patricia, and I guess it's really to reflect the size of the area, the size of the region, the, adra- the, the geographical spread. Um, you're going to have two vaccination centres working um, Alternatively, in tandem, I suppose would be the would be the right term. So you'll have a situation. You won't have a situation where both vaccination centres are open simultaneously, because the vaccination staff and the vaccines will be um, shared over both uh, locations. But uh, it will you will have you will have the, pretty much the same setup in both vaccinations. But it but it just means that people won't have to travel as far, which is it, which is which is the key. 
Exactly. So if you think of the, um, you know, the, the Cork City City Hall hub, which have in the region of about 40 hubs, uh, 40 booths, I should say, um, you know, there, there's a big gap between Cork City and Bantry and there's a big area in between, including, uh, you know, Bandon, uh, kind of Kilty, Skibbereen, Ross Carberry, Dunmanway, that whole area. Uh, and it, it, it made sense. It made perfect sense um, because of the ge- geographical size, size and spread to uh, include the J complex at Ahamilla, which is it's state of the art. Um, the uh, club there run the place incredibly professionally. So I think it's, it's great news for, for West Cork that we have um, essentially two centres. Um, look, I know, I know that there's a lot of regions around the country who are, who are a bit disappointed that they may feel that their area has been left out. I saw a few tweets from people in East Cork who feel that um, they would like to have a, a centre in the area. But look, I, I guess at this stage, I think it's important to give people confidence that um, as the vaccines come online, as more vaccines come on stream, and as we ramp up capacity to what we expect to be about 250,000 per week by March, um, you know, that should not be an issue. Well, how did you manage to swing a second vaccination uh, site for uh, West Cork? Because it's not just it's not just in East Cork people are complaining. I saw uh, Michael Ring, who had been the Minister for Rural Affairs, he was fuming that in Mayo they're only getting one one vaccination centre for the whole of Mayo. I mean, he went so far as to say it's discrimination on people in rural Ireland because he pointed out in Wicklow they've managed to have two centres. Happens to be Stephen Donnelly's constituency, but but you know, I mean, people are. are are a little bit annoyed that some will have to travel in other parts of the country long distances. Yeah, listen, I wouldn't use the term swing. I, I, I certainly didn't uh, swing any uh, decision in either way. It was all down to the um, HSC, Estates Management, and the uh, the uh, two, the chief executive there who's rolling out the HSC rollout uh, in the uh, southern region. Um, they looked at the constituency. They looked at the size of the constituency. They saw uh, the fact that there was a huge gap or a void between Cork City and Bantry, and uh, I guess they saw the sense in in, in um, putting up a centre in what is a state of the art complex in Clonakilty. I don't know the situation in Mayo. I understand there's frustration in Clare as well as the vaccination centre that will be serving Clare is actually based on Limerick. But again, I just I, I suppose I delay people's fears who are listening in. That won't be an issue. The the, the capacity to vaccinate won't be an issue. These vaccination centres, it's not just vaccination centres, by the way, where the vaccine will be rolled out. It'll be in GP clinics, it'll be in... with pharmacists, so this isn't the uh, one-stop shop for all vaccinations. There be many avenues, uh, and this is just part uh, of the of the package. So um, I, I understand I, the frustration. Yeah, am I right in thinking that these vaccination centres will only kick in when we get to the stage of I think is it a, when we have a quarter of a million vaccines available to us per week? It's only when we get to the peak that these centres will be used. Is is that the way it's going to work? No, that, that's not my understanding. I just spoke to the the um, HSC Estates Department this morning to kind of clarify this. Clonakilty, for example, will be um, commissioned uh, over the weekend. So that will be ready to go by, by next week. Now, obviously, you have a situation... Uh, for the over 85s? At, at, no, at the moment, you have the over 85s who are being referred to their GP and their, yeah. their attending their GP clinics. But after the over 85s are done and we go into the community and we go with the 70 pluses, they, they will have the opportunity. We'll have to wait for this online portal to be set up, Patricia. So there's an online website that has been finalised at the moment. All the gremlins and the glitches are being teased out of it. So you'll have a situation where, for example, um, uh, I'm someone who's over 70. I'm living in Bandon. I'll go onto the online portal to, to register and book an appointment for a vaccination. And then that'll pick the next available appointment. So in that situation, it may be Clonkilty, it may be Hamilla, but it also may be um, Bishop's 
Stone or maybe Cork City for that person. So that's how that will work. There'll be an online portal, an online registration services, and that will the the portal will give you the next available appointment at the at the best location. So that that's how it'll work. I don't think it'll, my my understanding, and I, I'm open to to um, correction here. We won't have to wait till the capacity is ramped up to two hundred fifty thousand per week for these centres uh, to be working. It's expected that that'll happen sometime in March. I'd expect that people will be vaccinated in these vaccination centres prior to that. Okay, all right. And for people that portal isn't open yet, and you, and you don't contact your GP, your GP will uh, will contact you. Do you know how many local doctors in your own area have started vaccinating the over eighty fives? Uh, it's only started in the last couple of days. I have um, got word from a few uh, people who have been in touch with my office who uh, had previously been anxious about, um, you know, when they would be vaccinated but they have been on to my office today to say that they had been vaccinated so it is happening I haven't been in touch directly with the, the GPs but I would say this in relation to the G- GPs and particularly the smaller uh, GP clinics okay, who are worried about capacity and are worried about the size of their clinic it's important to note that these two vaccination centres both in Bantry and in Clannacilty, when they're vacant, and they will be vacant at certain stages, um, the HSE are encouraging GPs who feel that their clinics are perhaps too small to contact the HSE, and if they wish, they can utilise the facilities oh, that's good. that would be set up in Nahamilla and set up in Bantry. That's good, that's uh, good. But in terms of uh, how many people have been into GPs as of uh, yesterday and today, I, I couldn't tell you, Patricia, exactly okay. what I know. I, I, I hear you're getting um, reports back that finally today, over 85... It's today, yeah, it's, yeah, it seems to be today. And then just one final one, because I mentioned this... Uh, with one of the independent councillors in, in Kerry saying we should be putting a phone call through to uh, Boris Johnson. And I heard Gabriel Scally, Dr Gabriel Scally yesterday, saying the Irish government should be bringing Boris Johnson to ask for some of his spare vaccines. I mean, in the UK, they've ordered 407 million doses. So they would have enough to vaccinate the entire population of the UK with two doses four times over. So obviously they are well, going to be well oversupplied why don't we look to the UK for some spare vaccines? I totally understand people's frustration here, particularly when you look at our nearest neighbours and they're pre-ordering eight different types of vaccines. They're ordering in those type of volumes. I totally understand people's frustration. And perhaps it's one of the, probably the only advantage of a Brexit situation where they can uh, put their full um, spending power into pre-ordering vaccines. But having said that, we are part of uh, European Union. We're part of, uh, we're, we're cooperating together with our um, other EU nations in the rollout of the vaccine. Um, personally, uh, look if you look at Ireland and how we compare uh, European-wide, we're consistently in the top three in terms of European nations. Yes. Well, that's because it, Europe is doing so badly on the rollout of the vaccine. True, and, and it doesn't compare well when it comes to the UK. But uh, what I would say to, to that independent councillor and Kerry and others who are, I suppose, uh, critical and comparing with the UK, if it was a situation where each EU nation uh, was allowed bid independently or was allowed purchased independently, I don't really, um, I suppose, fancy the thought of how Ireland would compare when we're bidding against EU giants such as Germany um, or France or the UK. I think we'd fare uh, even worse if it was if it was that situation. Yeah, but, but we're not saying bid. We're not saying bid. We're just saying to the to the British government who've already a, a number of weeks ago made the offer. Whatever spare they have, they would willingly uh, pass on, and we just buy from them. So it's, we're not we're not going into a bidding situation against anybody else. We're just saying to our nearest neighbours, it would benefit the United Kingdom for for us here in Ireland to be vaccinated. Yeah, as I said, Patricia, I totally understand people's frustration with the the speed of the rollout. Uh, it seems to be going at 
at a snail's pace so far. But, you know, I do have it um, from quite good authority that come the middle of March, we'll be administering 250,000 vaccines per week. And that will massively increase the pace of, of vaccination, where you could be looking at a situation where I would very much hope uh, come summertime that we'll be in a situation where perhaps uh, areas like hospitality and domestic tourism might be in a position to, to reopen again. So okay. I understand people's frustration. I wish I had um, a silver bullet that would uh, give us an endless supply of um, vaccines with 90% effic- efficacy. Uh, but that's, uh, that's not the situation. We just have to we wait. We just exactly. have to wait. I just have to find a question on Ahamilla. Can we still use the path around the pitches for walking and running when the centre opens up as a vaccination centre? It's uh, fantastic to be able to avail of it. In, will, the, will the people be able to still walk around I, the pitches? I would be very, very surprised if uh, there was any limitations to okay. using pitches and walking around the pitches. Okay. It's, the, it's the interior of the of the complex and that's going to be used with hubs. Yeah. Okay, listen, thanks Thank for that. You, uh, stay bye safe. Bye bye. That is uh, Fianna Fáil Dáil Deputy in West Cork, Christopher Sullivan. There's lots and lots and lots of people uh, contacting us about the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine and you can sense the frustration, certainly in some of the texts and WhatsApps that are coming in, you can actually see the frustration uh, people have with just, just seems to be so slow and I know the big buzzword at the moment is ramping up and we are at the initial stages of the rollout of the vaccine so I suppose patience is what we need to have as well but a lot of people patience is running a little bit thin and then Catherine Mitchellstown has, has an interesting point, she will be 70 in uh, June and she says will I be vaccinated with the over 70s or with the under 70s and what category is she going to find herself in I know at the moment and as, as I say I will, I'll make a note I'll get Bernie to make a note of uh, Catherine's questions for tomorrow because we have a GP joining us tomorrow so I, I'll, I'll find out Catherine in more detail tomorrow but from what I can gather at the moment the GPs are, being, are sticking religiously to the guidelines which state they must initially do the over 85s when the over 85 are done, they'll go to next uh, uh, their patients between 80 and 85 then I think they'll go 75 to 80 and then they'll do 70 to 75 and you're not going to fall into any of those categories because on the database of your GP you are still 69 you won't be 70 because the over 70s all should be vaccinated and this is with the second vaccine included by the middle of May so I think it's probably as soon as you turn 70 Catherine you probably will be getting a telephone call from your GP not just to say happy birthday but to call you in for your vaccine and you won't be the only one who'll fall into a category like that who just hit 70 just outside of the marker for when they're giving it to the over 70s and there's also by the way there's a bit of a there seems to be a bit of issues around patients who are housebound and it's already starting to surface with the over 85s who are getting calls from their GP to come into the GP practice to get a shot uh, to get their jab but these are people who are housebound with mobility issues and they're being cared for at home. There will have to be a solution found. And I know we've been told by NEF that nobody will be left uh, beha- behind. Haven't heard of a solution yet, but they're going to have to come up with some kind of a system where people who are genuinely housebound that a GP or a vaccinator will have to call to the homes. That hasn't been sorted out yet. But listen, I'm I'm not really jumping uh, up and down about this one yet because I think there are going to be slight teething problems and there will be cases like that identified as we start to ramp up 
the rollout of the vaccine. But at the moment, there does seem to be an issue around people who are housebound. And I would be very much relying on listeners to let me know if you have a housebound patient. How did you manage to get on? Did the GP come? Did a vaccinator come? What exactly happened? So if anyone has clarification on that, please uh, let us know. Audrey says, Australia are only starting their vaccinations next week. Tell people, please, they just need to be patient. Tim in Mallow says Patricia I agree with your suggestion that our government should be approaching the British government to purchase some of their surplus uh, vaccines. It would of course be advantageous advantageous to Britain as well to have their nearest neighbour Ireland fully vaccinated and of course bearing in mind we've got Northern Ireland uh, here as well. Germany has done this in its, Germany has done this they went for their own private deal with Pfizer to get an extra 30 million doses for the German people plus the EU Commission saying that it wasn't allowed and yet Germany negotiated their own deal. Hungary, they've already purchased the Sputnik vaccines that's the Russian vaccine unlike Germany, totally legit our government has to be creative and proactive and they have to do that to protect their own their own citizens Yeah, and um, thank you Tim for agreeing with me because I was really taken aback. I knew that the UK I knew that they were going to have surplus vaccines and that's why very early on when they started rolling out the vaccines they did say to their nearest neighbours us look if you want any of our surplus vaccines when they once once they had all their at risk group done which it looks like they have I saw a piece yesterday that in May they're going to start calling in the over 50s to come forward to get their vaccination so so with what 15 million people vaccinated they have all of the people in the really at risk groups and all their frontline workers have all been vaccinated so they're ready to really roll it out to the general population and they have already said to Ireland if you want some of our surplus uh, vaccines we're more than willing to pass them over uh, to you so I was just surprised at the amount that the UK had ordered, I didn't realise it was as high as 407 million doses. Literally what they did when they got wind of anybody coming close to having a vaccine, they just put massive orders in. And of course, they were first in with their orders. They were in with their orders well ahead of the EU. And that's why they are doing uh, so well. But I didn't realise that they had overordered by quite that much. So they are going to have way more that they would be willing willing to pass on to any country that wants it. But in fairness to them, they have offered it to Ireland first. So I do think the Irish government should be seriously thinking about a phone call to Boris saying, hi, remember us? Uh, yeah, we will take some of your vaccines. And Tim is right. There is precedent there. Germany already did a side deal with Pfizer and Hungary. What Hungary did with Russia it, it's totally legit. Nothing wrong with doing it. You still keep in with the EU for the vaccines that you ordered collectively. But if you can manage to get vaccines anywhere else, there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with doing it. And at the end of the day, you are protecting your own citizens. And I actually heard a really good points, some really good points being made by Lucinda Creighton, uh, the a former uh, government minister, she was she was saying, and she's not just saying it about Ireland. She's saying it about collectively around the world that we should be on a war footing here and that we should be putting everything into getting more vaccines, not just in Ireland, right across Europe and indeed right around the world. And she had an astounding figure and I don't know where she she got it from, but she was saying that it is costing the world globally 420 billion euro a month to get countries through this pandemic with everything that's going on, with people being unemployed and less taxes coming in because businesses are are closed and the cost to healthcare. But it's 420 billion euro globally a month 
is what this pandemic is costing. So surely, so she's right. We should be on a war footing and deciding we have to bring this pandemic to an end. How do we bring this pandemic to an end? By vaccinating. And that means vaccinating everyone. That even means the poorer countries. We're not all safe until everybody is uh, safe. So I don't know why collectively we're not on this war footing and all of the world leaders getting together and saying, right, this is what we're now going to do. And we're going to ramp up production in all of the different pharmaceutical plants and sites and, and just just get vaccinating. Just get uh, vaccinating. Thank you, Tim, for your comments. Hi, Patricia. Can I remind you in the UK, 117,396 deaths due to COVID-19. Yeah, listen, there's nobody saying, well, everybody might be now lauding Boris Johnson and getting the rollout of the vaccine uh, right. Nobody will ever take from how wrong they got it at the start but they certainly are getting the rollout of the vaccine uh, right for sure. This text is saying just wait for your uh, vaccine. Hi Patricia, isn't it funny to hear the the HSC say and talk about the distance between Bantry and Cork and Clonakilty and Cork when it comes to the rollout of the vaccine and they don't want people travelling uh, too far. Yet when it comes to Bantry Hospital and how important Bantry Hospital is to the people of West Cork because of that distance from Bantry uh, to Cork uh, for various treatments never seems to be uh, an issue but suddenly now they're pointing to the fact of the distance when it comes to that's a, that's a really good point uh, Heidi uh, thank you for that Michael says there is a new coronavirus variant in the UK which is particularly worrying there's a worrying set of mutations which have been detected in 10 others including the UK 32 cases have been detected there so far last night they were described as deadly in the USA uh, Novavax they're on the act of producing a vaccine specifically for the South African strains. And, yeah, and there's wonderful scientists doing the most incredible work day in, day out and putting in long, long hours in to make sure that in case some of the vaccines that we have, if they don't work with various strains and they're working on them all the time. And let's, let's also remember the Johnson & Johnson vaccine which is very close to getting approval and the hope is in this country that the Johnson & Johnson would be with us maybe April because when it does we have 2.2 million doses orders from Johnson & Johnson so that could make that could make a really really big uh, difference and then another listener says it sickens me I don't hear anybody talk about the under 18s particularly under 18s with an underlying health condition children who are battling cancer children with cystic fibrosis Children who are very vulnerable, they've been forgotten about by this country. It's a joke. Now, just it's not you can't just say they've been forgotten about by this country. Unfortunately, at the moment, there's no vaccines for under 18s. All of the vaccines have been approved for over 18s. There's there's no vaccine yet for under 18s. So it isn't just in this country. And that's why children are not being mentioned when it comes to vaccines, because they haven't. Now, whether it's been worked on, whether the very scientists I spoke about, whether they're working on it or not, I don't know. But at the moment, there is no vaccine anywhere in the world for under 18s. A West Cork, a frustrated West Cork resident says, Hi Patricia, I'm a UK citizen living here in West Cork. Can I go over to the UK for my vaccine? It is a complete joke, the speed or lack of speed and the way this country is handling the rollout of the vaccine. I'd buy a vaccine if I could and then book a one-way ticket out of here. Signed, frustrated West Cork uh, resident and there is you don't have any hope of buying a uh, vaccine and I'm glad that you can't buy vaccines by the way and I know that that listening mean, in the frustration means it a little bit tongue in cheek uh, but can you go back to the UK for your vaccine? I don't know I literally don't know, you, you would have to check with the powers that be in the UK are you still registered somewhere where you could 
pick up a vaccine. I don't know, but I can I absolutely can sense the frustration in your uh, text. Listener says, where's our voice in the EU regarding vaccines? Why aren't they making demands regarding the vaccine rollout? There always seems to be somebody to pass the buck uh, to. How handy is that? We do have a voice there. What are these people doing? They should be demanding that the EU purchase more uh, vaccines uh, than they than their initial order. I think the EU themselves have have accepted that they cocked up with the with the early order of uh, vaccines. But someone said that's too little, too late. Now we need to do something now, and that's where I go back to Lucinda Creighton saying on a war fitting footing, put the whole world on a war footing and fight it uh, that way. Hi, Patricia. Well, this this was for Christopher Sullivan, but he's gone off um, the line. Uh, why there are no vaccination centres in County Limerick? You've got five in Cork. Is this not parish pump politics again? There are so many parts of this country. Just discussed it when they heard about the road, when they heard about the vaccination sites that were announced yesterday, the 37 and Stephen Donnelly did say there would be at least one in every county and many counties have only got one. We are lucky here in Cork to have five and you possibly could say six when you listen to Christopher O'Sullivan saying that Cork and Bantry, well they'd be used in tandem but technically that's an extra vaccination centre and then uh, Limerick They've got to go to, to Clare, isn't it, in Limerick, which doesn't make any sense. But like lots of places around, I mentioned Mayo, uh, they're giving out. There's, you know, there are lots of TDs complaining today saying that there's not enough of these vaccination uh, sites announced. But can I just point out when we're talking about those vaccination sites that we've been mentioning and the five or the six here in uh, Cork, it is planned that the vaccination rollout will continue with GP surgeries, pharmacies who are already in waiting to start giving vaccines. Dentists have also offered, they say they're ready and waiting and it has been agreed that dentists will be able to give the vaccine uh, as well. Remember, there are 6,000 trained vaccinators all over the country. So the centres that have been, that were mentioned yesterday, they will be operated when there are enough vaccines to allow people to register online. But up to so that's why those centres they're not going to open up as mass vaccination centres it's only when we get enough vaccines in this country and there's going to be a huge volume of people want to come forward but failing that you'll still be able to go to your GP surgery so everyone isn't going to have to travel into one of these centres if it suits you better to go to your GP practice you'll be able to go there or to your dentist or to your pharmacy wherever you choose to go once this online portal goes live and we don't know when that that is going to happen but that will only happen when there are enough vaccinations rolling into this country and there's enough supply to be able to to get it into the arms of as many people as possible. Somebody else feeling very cynical about it all says don't worry this time next year the virus will still be with us. Liz says Cod's Wallop listening to uh, Christopher O'Sullivan instead of simplifying we're we're pathetic we seem to make everything more difficult all over 70s are supposed to stay at home and many now will have to travel miles to get to a vaccination centre. Uh, We just seem to make everything much more uh, difficult. Hi uh, Patricia, you mentioned there about being allowed to travel within our own county. Is that being spoken about in the new Living with Covid plan? Question mark, question mark. Thanking you, Anthony. I'm hoping it is. I really am. I don't know. I mean, we know there's lots of discussions going on about the Living with COVID plan. And we know in, is it next week we're going to find out, is it the 22nd of February? Isn't that the date that we had? We're going to find out what is the next stage and how we move on. I think nobody expects a mass opening up of the country and nobody expects... 
you know, restaurants and pubs and hospitality, much as we'd love them all to reopen. Nobody expects them to reopen. A lot of people want hairdressers to open. Leo Varadkar buying his hair clippers says he's be cutting his own hair so we won't be seeing the hairdressers open. That's a huge disappointment to a lot of people. But we are, we do know we are going to get some kind of living with COVID plan. Fingers crossed that we will be allowed to move within our own county, but we're going to have to wait. We literally are uh, going to have to uh, wait. And then it is for my listeners, says, Patricia, I'm getting nervous about getting the vaccine as every time I open a newspaper or turn on the TV, I seem to see a needle being put into somebody else's arm. It's actually putting me off my food. Thanking you, um, says for my listener. And again, that's another question I'll put to our doctor tomorrow. You're not on your own. There are a proportion of people who have a real, real phobia when it comes to getting an, an injection. It seems crazy. I mean, it seems, you know, you think, God, I want my vaccine. I don't care. And, and, and I have to say, everybody I know and who I've seen being interviewed who's gotten the vaccine, say, barely even felt it. It's the tiniest little needle. It's a little bit like when the flu jab when I went for my flu jab last year I was chatting to the pharmacist and before I knew it she was shit you're done I hadn't even felt it as tiny little needle and it's the same with the COVID vaccine but if you have a genuine fear of needles it's actually going to stop some people going forward for the vaccine I mean only yesterday somebody said is there a is there any talk of the vaccine being given in tablet form? And there isn't all of the vaccines. You have to get a needle. But if you have a genuine fear, what do you do? You may want the vaccine. How do you get over that fear? And I'm sure the doctors will be very aware of that as well. And I will ask that question tomorrow, as I say, when I have the, the doctor join us. So to that, for more listener, you're not on your own. There are others in that boat uh, as well. But hopefully your doctor will be able to allay your fear, fear or or help you in some way to allow you to come to the practice to get your injection. Uh, 1850-333-103. By the way, if you want to start texting and WhatsApping us, if you want to take part in Ken's Pure Cork Quiz, we'll be playing another round before 12 o'clock uh, today. So I need your name and address, please, by text or WhatsApp, and then we will select one of the texts or WhatsApps. We'll invite, we'll give that listener a call, invite you to join me on air. You will answer three, hopefully you'll answer three questions all to do with Cork. If you get them all correct, you will win for yourself €103. Euro. And of course, this is our last week of doing it on this programme. From next week, it will just be on Ken's Breakfast Show. So get texting or WhatsApping if you want to join me later on in this hour for Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. C103 Jobs. A part-time stores person is wanted. It's for a distribution centre in Quartertown in Mallow. An apprenticed electrician slash refrigeration is required for Rath Duff in County Cork, while a salesperson is wanted for a pet store that's in Bandon. And ground workers, trainee ground workers and general site operatives and cleaners are all required for work in the Middleton area. Now you'll find all of the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now many of our elderly listeners will be surprised and I think very annoyed to hear that older drivers are being charged up to three times as much for their car insurance than younger motorists. To discuss a survey conducted by insuremycars.ie is uh, Jonathan Hare. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. The Managing Director. Good morning to you, Jonathan. Good morning, Patricia. And you are welcome to the programme. Thank you. Wasn't it normally the case that it was younger drivers who were always paying more for older drivers? That this was an issue that affected younger drivers, not older drivers? Well, younger drivers. So first-time drivers, learner permit holders, drivers under the age of 21 they're still paying the highest price by far. They are the um, in the category where, you know, it's nearly unaffordable still for those drivers. We've seen premiums come down in recent years for, you know, people in their 30s, 40s with full no-claims bonuses driving new enough cars. Those prices have come down. Um, I suppose the purpose of this survey was it, it wasn't comparing um, drivers of a certain age category against a different age category. This is actually people who are in the same age category, but they're paying more by staying with the same with the same insurer. Now, give me an um, example of some uh, some of the comparisons that you found. Well, I'll give you one in Cork. So we had a seventy-three-year-old, uh, uh, a Toyota Corolla in okay. Ballancolic, that the worst price available in the market was nine hundred and twelve euros, and the best price available was four hundred twenty-nine euros. So, by shopping around, if, if if one of your listeners in that area was with a certain insurer, they could get it half price 
for the exact same cover by going to a different insurer. And one of the problems with this age group is they don't tend to shop around as much as um, other age categories do. So maybe the person who has this price of €912 had a price last year of €990. They see it goes down to €912. They think that's a good deal because it's cheaper than it was last year. But if they actually you know, were to go to a broker, uh, I mean, and there's lots of very good brokers in Cork, if they went into one of those brokers, they would get that price for 429. I mean, these are all our prices, but they're not That's exclusive. That's a to us. huge, huge <clears throat> difference. Yeah, it, it is. And we've, 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 we did run a lot of examples and, you know, we put some out there. One of the examples we have was 1200 versus 440, oh. 919 versus 344. Um, it, it is a cliche, but, you know, if you do shop around for your car insurance, in this age category, you can save a lot of money. We had a customer um, in the last couple of weeks that was with the same insurance company for 15 years and saved €600 Euros by, by calling us. And, 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 that's, and, and Jonathan, that's not unusual, this uh, idea of uh, company loyalty. Yeah, in, I, I don't think... In, particularly in the older generation. It, there, there seems to be a higher level of loyalty in this age category than there is in other, in, in other areas. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure why it is. People would say to me sometimes, well, maybe they're not as internet savvy. I, I don't believe that. Um, I think it's more to do with the fact that sometimes if they see they're saving money, they're reluctant to move from one insurance company where they know they've been with them for, the, for, for a few years. Maybe they've had a claim with them before. They know it was dealt with. Um, you know, but all the examples that we've given here are like for like. So none of these quotes are, are, are yellow pack, are removing benefits from the policy. It's very simple. The exact same details with insurance company A is double what insurance company B would be. Um, and, you know, the only thing that we can do is we can try and encourage people to shop around for their car insurance. Mm. And these, these savings are there to be had. Now, of course, you know, there's going to be lots of people who are already with the best insurance company. But... This age category also, one of the things we've seen in the last sort of 24 months is the, um, there's been a shifting with the insurance companies. You know, it's like the cliche saying again, 70 is the new 60. We're, we're, you know, we're seeing that some insurance companies are now entering the market in this age category with competitive pricing. But you won't know about those prices unless you actually shop around. And, and the best way of shopping around is, is, is going to your local broker. We used to say call into your local broker, but you can't do that now. You know, But you know, pick up the phone. These prices are available uh, in court through your brokers down there. Do you think some of the insurance companies are playing on that loyalty that the older customers have? I don't really want to say that because if, if the older customers aren't prepared to shop around themselves, you know, then they have to accept the responsibility themselves that, you know, a couple of quick phone calls and you will get this saving. I think it's more about, you know, educating people that, you know, you do need to do this exercise every year when your car insurance comes due for renewal. If insurance company A was best for you five years ago, when you were, say, 65 years of age and now you're 70, they, they, they might not be the best for you now just because they, when you shopped around five years ago, they were. Um, and that's what happens if they don't, people aren't phoning around every year and it, it is a bit of a pain to do it. Mm. But it is, it is a worthwhile exercise and I believe that everybody will save money by doing that. Yeah, yeah. And it's every year. It's not just, oh, I, sw- I switched last year. Great, I'll, I'll stick with them. Just take that time because, as you say, the amount of money you can you can save. I mean, some of those figures there, that's an astronomical. That's just not like saving a tenner or, or, or 20 euro. I mean, that's a huge sum of money. 
Yeah, no, and, and it's hundreds of euros in this category. And that's why if, if we had run this survey in, it would have been the 35, 40-year-old category, we wouldn't have seen so much differences because there's more competition in that space. But, you know, there has, you know, in some other insurers who've been in, in Ireland for years who were never competitive in this age category are now competitive in it. And competition is what drives these prices down. So if you have a cohort of people who are with the same insurance company who are no longer competitive and they all shop around, well, that will force that insurance company to become more competitive as they start to lose business by, you know, by people moving to other insurance companies. And that's, that's what actually has, that's what has to happen. So, you know, that's, that's what we need people to do. We need them to shop around and that will force the company that you're with. Um, some people also, as I said, some people also, you know, they, they ring around and, you know, they're already with the best insurance. Yeah. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. But, but that doesn't mean in 12 months time that they will still be the best insurance company. So you need to do it again. And unfortunately, you will need to do it again. So, But it definitely is a worthwhile exercise. And there is a huge amount of people who are definitely paying too much purely because they haven't ran, r- rang around. And as I said, you know, there's a lot of really good brokers down in your neck of the woods. And are, there other, are there other tips for uh, that people can save money on their premiums besides shopping around? Are there other things we can do? Well, in, in, in this age category, Shopping around is by far and away the biggest one. There is other things you can do. You can look at the value of the vehicle that you have insured. Um, but not, no, do you know what I'm going to say? Not really, because your details at, at this stage will be your details. You're not going to go change your car to try and get a lower premium. You know, people will talk about an older car um, will cost more. But that might cost more with one insurance company. and It doesn't mean that it will cost more with another insurance company. Some insurance companies don't particularly mind older cars, whereas you might be with an insurance company um, who absolutely are the highest price if the car is over 10 years. So I, I try to stick to encouraging people that if you do ring around, you will get the savings. And insurance companies are without a doubt horses for courses. You know, some of them prefer a particular area, some of them prefer a particular type of car, some of them particular, prefer a type of um, license that you have. Some of them might be absolutely uh, putting huge loadings if you have penalty points where others mightn't, you know, particularly mind that you have three or six penalty points. But it's up to you to, 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 to shop around to get the best price. So anything else that I say about saving on the car insurance prices really is only going to make a very, very small impact um, to it. Picking the phone up is going to make the biggest impact, without a doubt. Yeah, um, listeners saying some older people are nervous about moving from one company to the other, uh, fearful that they then won't get insurance on their car. But they will. They will, and as I said, every one of these was done on a like-for-like basis. So if, if, if a company was including breakdown assistance as an additional benefit, the price that we've compared it with also includes breakdown assistance. Well done. So, so you would not be losing anything by, by, by if you were one of the people in these examples. Okay, a listener um, says, my husband is 81, never had an accident, but because his car is 1987 Corolla, it's an older car, uh, they feel they've been punished because it's an older car. The only, example, the only thing I can say to that person is that, you know, if you speak to one of your local brokers, they have a panel of insurers, they'll know which insurer is more likely to insure that 1987 car than uh, another insurer. Most likely that person rings around and they're told by a lot of insurance companies, no, we won't go for it because it's a 1987 car. Sorry, the car's too old. Sorry, the car's too old. If you go to a broker, they'll use... They'll find... Well, they'll, they'll use 10 to 15 different insurers. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and out of that panel of 10 to 15, they'll know straight away which are the ones that they'll go to because the 87 car is acceptable to them. 
Okay, well, it's a great way to great way to save money for sure and advice for everyone. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I take it that, and, and I know we're pitching this at the older driver, but Jonathan, I I assume you're saying that to everyone. Don't take the premium as, as it comes in. Ring around. Now, as you say, it may turn out that the premium you got is the best quote, but at least you've, you've, you've checked around. Yeah, absolutely. And that, again, I, I would like to say that if you're with the best company for you today, it doesn't mean you, that they'll be the best company Next for you year. in, 12, in yeah. 12 months' time. Yeah. So if, if you ring around today and, you know, your current price is by far and away the best price available in the market. Um, so, for example, in another age category, if you're 24 years of age and today you're with an insurance company and they're charging you a price and you ring around and it's the best price, in 12 months' time, things will change because you're now 25. So somebody who wasn't quoting you today in 12 months' time the differences could be very similar to what we're talking about here. Um, so I think you said it, it's every year you must do this exercise because, you know, you, you're, 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 your details are changing all the time. Um, that uh, listener you had earlier, you know, that 1987 car wasn't always 30 years old. It yeah, was, you know, yeah. So at one point in time, you, you change from being attractive to an insurance company to being unattractive to an insurance company. But that doesn't mean that you're unattractive to all insurance companies. Okay. So you do, have to, you do have to do this exercise every year. Okay, and a final question from Tom in Douglas. Does Jonathan think the car insurance companies will reimburse members like they did last year at the start of the pandemic? Do you remember when we all got those vouchers? Yeah, they are talking about it. Are uh, they? Own, well, there's talk about it, but my own personal view is that rather than spending the money on sending people out vouchers from between €10 Euros and €30, Euros, is what the insurance companies should do is look at you know, their own claims to see have they had a substantial reduction in the number of claims due to the number of cars being off the road and reflect that in their prices, um, in the premiums that they're offering for their renewals, in the premiums they're offering people for new business. Um, I think people would prefer, people I speak to anyway, I'm not speaking for everybody, would prefer to see their prices go down rather than being getting a 20 euro out a one for all voucher. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of people will, will agree with on that. Okay. Just, uh, Eilie is 87. Her car insurance was 726 euro was the quote. They took 80 euro off when she removed the name driver and then they gave her her house insurance as well. But it had gone up from 325 last year to 726, but she did manage to negotiate it down and she ended up getting her house insurance and her car insurance. Now, I don't know if this is from shopping around or whether she negotiated with the original car insurance, but she ended up getting both for 543. So she saved money in the end. It was a big reduction. So it does pay to shop around. It's brilliant. And again, that's an example. I, I think that person probably did. Eileen did shop around. Yeah. And fair play to her because she seems to have got a great deal from them. You're, you did ask me earlier about is there other ways of saving. One of the things to look at is sometimes, you know, people have additional drivers in their policy that never do, uh, that will never drive the car. Yeah. And it's always a worthwhile exercise asking your current insurance company and when you're shopping around, um, is it costing to have this name driver on the policy? Because, it, you know, you may have at one point put them on and they were free to add on, mm. but you'd be, you know, that doesn't mean they're free now. You might be paying for them. So that's a great point that um, was brought up there. OK, and John in uh, Donnerill says, if you are going to do it yourself, you'll be ringing around all day. You're better off going to a reputable broker. Uh, John went to a broker and his insurance went down by €322 Euro on yeah. the original quote. 
It's the best advice that I can give today. Yeah. Anybody okay. listening is go to a local broker. Okay, listen, uh, Jonathan, uh, you're a mind of information as always. Thank you for that, thank and thanks pleasure. for joining us. Uh, good thanks morning to you. That is uh, you. Jonathan here, managing director of InsureMyCars.ie. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Bernie is taking your calls. Sitting in for John Paul today. You can text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Court today on C one zero three. Call Patricia with your comment. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Ken's Pure Core Quiz. We've got thousands of euro to give away on C103. And we've started to give away thousands of uh, euro. Your chance to win 103 uh, euro on Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. You answer three cork questions. If you get them correct in 20 seconds, you are a winner. Okay, we put the shout out. Got a lot of people wanting to take part. Who is the lucky listener today? It is Breda Murphy in Kildrum, Mitchellstown. Good morning to you, Breda. Morning. How are you today? Great. Have you any pancakes made yet? Oh, no, not. Later on? Yeah, please. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with the sugar and the lemon, is it? The sugar and the lemon, yeah, yeah. That's about the nicest. The only way to go. Okay, I've got three questions. Are you ready to go? Yep. Okay, let us get the clock going. Are you ready for it? Three, two, one. The clock's ticking. You're getting a buzzer. Is it a haircut or a car wash? A haircut. True or false? The world's biggest pot still for making whiskey is in Middleton. Yes. What famous dancer owns Castle Hyde Estate in Formoy? Michael Flatley. And guess what? You've just won yourself 103 a euro. Breathe, Murray, Kildrum in Mitchellstown. You got all three questions correct. Congratulations. Thanks, Patricia. Okay, have a nice day. Bye-bye. And happy flipping of pancakes. That's Breda Murphy Kildrum in Mitchellstown becoming our latest winner of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz. And hopefully the winning will continue this afternoon because Nick will play another round on his programme. Martina will play another round on her show. And then we'll do it all over again tomorrow. And of course, as it is Ken's Pure Cork Quiz, he gets two opportunities to play. He plays uh, bright and early at... 20 past 7 in the morning and then he plays the second round at 20 past 8 and this as I say is the last week where we're playing it across all of the day parts so keep texting and whatsapping when you get that cue to text and who knows you could be another winner on Ken's Pure Cork Quiz answer the questions to win the cash only on C103 on car insurance Hi Patricia listening to you about car insurance I am in my 60s and I have a class 1 Arctic truck licence coach licence so I will be classed as a professional driver full no claims and no convictions now I have a 1990 car and I was told too old nobody would insure it it's now 30 years old and in great condition and I was told go get a quote for a vintage insurance the motor tax office changed the tax book to vintage. Guess what? Insurance, no problem at all. Even though I will have limited mileage and I'm limited to 5,000 kilometres a year. But my point is that the car is still the same age and it's still the same car. So what's the idea of these companies apart from charging astronomical 
premiums thanking you yeah it doesn't make any sense at all it's the very same car as it was when you got the tax books changed to market as vintage yet you're suddenly able to get insurance on a car that you couldn't get insurance on prior to that yeah it's making no sense to me either um, I have to say thank you for your text and we had a couple of people and I can see another text in about it today about medical cards and will medical cards automatically be renewed like they were last year and we had a couple of calls and texts in yesterday about it as well so what we did was we got onto the HSE and we put that question and asked on behalf of the listeners what's happening with medical cards this year and as always the HSE are can I just say they're fantastic for getting back with replies but they are always so long that you haven't a hope in hell of reading out the full answer so I'll do my best I'll read out the relevant bit which is really the only the bit we need, we need. okay the HSE is required they say to undertake periodic reviews of eligibility this is on medical cards in order to ensure that a person continues to meet the qualifying criteria required to continue holding a medical card or a GP visit card however eligibility reviews were as listeners have pointed out, temporarily suspended last year during the initial phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. Cards that were due to expire during March through to August of 2020 were automatically extended for up to one year. This temporary measure was taken in the initial phase of the COVID-19 pandemic in order to preserve necessary resources for emergency HSE COVID-19 responses and to also ensure continued eligibility for individuals during what was unprecedented times within the health service. Now they say well the HSE have now resumed eligibility reviews. It's important to note that where any medical or GP visit card holders has a review process initiated that person will continue to retain their full eligibility for for the duration of the review which typically is about three months. So basically the answer to the question uh, is no. They are not giving automatic extension on medical cards this year. They are back doing the eligibility reviews. So if your card is due for a review, that is what will happen. They did it during the first, but they're not doing it this time around. And the other question that we put to the HSE yesterday was we looked for an update on Home Helps and when they were receiving their COVID vaccination. And again, I just got a huge, big, almost a full page of uh, an answer. And when you go down through it, the answer is no, there isn't any update on Home Helps or any dates that I can see because they just go through the priority, who's been vaccinated who's and who's next and they talk about the next or the over 70s, starting with the over 85s working all the way down. Vaccination of this group has begun and then all the groups will be covered as further vaccine supplies become available and the immunisation programme is rolled out nationally. The evidence they say will be kept under review and the allocation groups will be updated where necessary in light of new evidence but basically there's nothing in there to tell me that home helps are being pushed up the priority list for the vaccine. I want to uh, read an email that I received when I came off air yesterday from a listener who, when you hear the email, wants to remain private in order to protect herself from harm uh, more than anything else. So I'm just going to refer to this lady as Linda. And uh, she writes the email because she's looking for advice from others and I know when you hear the email there will be other people listening who will have walked in India's shoes in the past and uh, may be able to offer the words of advice that uh, she needs but she finds herself in a dreadful, dreadful situation and it says um, Hi Patricia, I'm just looking for some advice 
on living in an abusive relationship. It's a relationship I'm in and it's one that I can't get out of. I get kicked. I get pulled. I've been thrown out of the house, bags thrown out after me with all of my clothes in it and then locked out. This is a man that runs his own business and is very much a street angel house devil. I have two small children and I don't really know what to do or who I can go to. I'm wondering if any of your listeners can help with advice, please. I'd like to stay private so as not to lead to any more harm. Thanking you from a very lost soul. Isn't that shocking? It's just stopped me dead in my tracks, I have to say, uh, yesterday afternoon. And I, I do know that there has been an increase in domestic violence during the pandemic. I don't know how long this ab- abuse has been going on or has it escalated because of the pa- pandemic uh, or not. I, I have no way of uh, knowing. Uh, and I can't even, because the, the email was sent in through our listener club, so I do have this lady's email address. But obviously, I don't know how much course of control is going on. I don't know if this man has control of Linda's passwords for her emails, etc. So for that reason, I can't even take the risk of emailing her in case he sees the email and realises that she has reached out uh, to get help. Now, the only thing I will say is we are hoping, uh, we still haven't got confirmation yet, we are hoping coincidentally to have Women's Aid on tomorrow because they've launched a, a new campaign that we were hoping to talk, uh, that we are hoping to talk to. So certainly if I have Women's Aid on tomorrow, I certainly will uh, put Linda's email uh, to them to see what advice they can give. So in the meantime, the only advice that I can give, and hopefully Linda is listening to us, there are help lines out there. And what I really want you to do, I really want you to pick up the phone and to ring. I mean, I I see, I don't know what part of the city or county you're in. For example, if you're in West Cork, uh, the women's, uh, the West Cork Women's Project do amazing work, absolutely amazing work to help uh, women who find themselves in exactly the situation you're in. You're not the first woman, unfortunately, you won't be the last either, but there is help available. And I know when you say, you know, assigned a very lost soul and you can see no way out because obviously you're linked to this man from a financial point of view and when you've got two small children it isn't just as easy to pack your own bags and run away because you've got two children to think about as well but there is help available. I think the first thing you need to do is you need to talk to one of the professionals to get the advice and they'll be able to help you to plot a route out of this abusive relationship but you can't remain in that relationship. That is no way to lead to live your life never knowing when this man is going to come home and decide to use you as a punch bag when you look at him the wrong way and he decides to kick you out of the house and you know and lock you out of the house you can't continue to live like that so if you are in the West Cork area you can contact uh, the the West Cork Domestic Violence uh, Project they have a free phone helpline 1-800-203-136 if you're in the North Cork area you have the wonderful group YANA which stands for You Are Not Alone and they are always available to help women in the North Cork area theirs is an 022 number 53915 that's 53915 and then there's also Women's Aid they have a national helpline and if you didn't get any of those numbers if you can get onto Women's Aid they can direct you locally and they're at one 800 341 900. That's 1 800 341 900. And then also a reminder to you if you can't, if you don't think 
going on the phone that you know you can't get the privacy to go on the phone if you're in town as I say don't know where you live but when you go to do some shopping if you can get into any Boots chemist Boots started this I think it was during the start of the pandemic they offer the most amazing service for women like Linda and women who find themselves trapped in domestic violence and need to reach out but because of the controlling nature of their partner they're never able to reach out so if you can use an excuse to get to the chemist and if you go into a Boots chemist if you just speak to any of the staff members and if you literally say I'm looking for a purple mask they will literally take you to a private room where they will have a phone, where they will have the phone numbers, the numbers I gave you there, and they'll direct you to, they won't give you the advice themselves, but they'll be able to put you on to the experts and to the people who can uh, help you. Or if you just ask, if you if you queue up and you just ask, could I speak to one of the pharmacists in privacy, please? And they'll take you into a room and then you can explain. And that person will leave and you can make the phone call uh, your, yourself and you can talk to somebody. But I really, really, Linda, I really just want you to reach out Uh, because it has to stop that type of abuse has to stop you have a right to a normal happy life with your two little children you do not have to put up with that kind of abuse and shame on that man that you're married to or living with I don't don't know if you're married or you're uh, he's just your partner but he's a bully and he deserves to be called out for what he's doing to you it it is shocking and it it is awful and it is never ever your fault and I'm sure that loads of times he's led you to believe that it is your fault and I can imagine after it there's all the sorries and I'll never do it again and I'll never do it again but you know yourself that it's not going to end until you make it end until you make it stop and you just you have to get out of that situation and you have to get out for your children's uh, sake uh, as well. So we wish you luck with it uh, Linda if you can keep in contact uh, please do so either reach out to one of the phone lines or as I say get into any any boots chemist and just and and that advice we give out to anyone else who's in a similar situation to Linda who's living in an abusive relationship if you just go into any boots chemist and either ask a staff member for a purple mask they know that's the key to bring you into a private area or simply go and say could I speak to a pharmacist in privacy and they'll, they'll take you into somewhere and they have all the numbers and it's, it's amazing what they have been doing and as I say if we do manage to get Women's Age joining us tomorrow I'm sure it's going to be similar advice that they will be giving as well uh, but, we, we, but we do give it out because that's what Linda asked if listeners could help so if anybody else um can offer advice because as I say Linda's not the first and she sadly won't be at the last somebody says tell Linda to pack up the kids and herself and go to the nearest guard the station they'll help and they'll arrest him yeah that's a that's a tough thing. That's a tough, tough thing to do as well. Even though I, I, and it's good advice because the guardy will absolutely will uh, intervene and they'll take absolutely no bull from that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be careful with the words I'm using, but there's so many words I can think of to use for any man that would raise his hand and would kick the mother of his kids and drag her out probably by the hair of the head and then fire her out of the house and, and lock her out in all kinds of weather conditions. Shame on you. Shame on you. And shame on any man who's listening that's ever done that to uh, a woman. Uh, 1850 Our lines remain open. Um, 
And Bernie is uh, taking your calls. Uh, you can text her WhatsApp as well to 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme, here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID 19 pandemic. See corkcoco.ie. The uh, AGM of Ducas Clonakilty Heritage that's been held on Zoom tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Now the Zoom login details have been emailed to members but anybody who would like to join the meeting can email ducaslectureandfieldtrips at gmail.com. And Peter Cox from the wonderful family Carers Ireland group will facilitate a group of carers on, on Bearer by Zoom. Uh, that's also happening tomorrow Wednesday. It'll be at 11am in the morning. He'll highlight the existing supports that are available and discuss the possibility of building a Bearer group. For more details, Aidan can be contacted on 027 70998. And Cork Educational Training Board are running a free online workshop to support parents and guardians of three to five-year-olds on Thursday the 4th of March from 7pm to 8.30pm. The course will cover pre-reading, writing, building maths, social and fundamental movement skills, as well as tips on managing screen time and fun activities for the little ones. To register for the course, contact 086 8239094 our email you're listening to cork today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And some of your uh, texts coming in on vaccination, etc. Uh, Susan says, Hi Patricia, just to let you know, I am a home help in the Mallow area and as far as I know, all of my colleagues have had their first uh, vaccination. A good few have already got their second one by now as well, said Susan, and that includes me. Well done. Uh, Susan. So it does look like they have started to give out the vaccinations to home help. So that is uh, terrific. Um, Anne says she sent me on a piece saying my daughter sent me this about when my doctor is doing the injections. And this is from a local GP who is saying every person will require two injections. We're advising parents or patients to a text to you know, wear your vaccine, your mask and all of that. Okay, this particular, I don't know which GP this is, but this particular GP is saying on Friday the 26th, they'll start vaccinating the over 85s. The surgery will be contacting people to arrange appointments and then provisional dates as follows. Uh, they're going to then, they're going to do it every Friday. Now that's one GP practice and they're doing Friday the 12th of March, Friday the 26th of March, Friday the 9th of March, Friday the 23rd of March and Friday the 7th of uh, May. And the reason that they're doing that, they'll have so many vaccines each day and then they will appoint appointments uh, to their patients and I imagine all GP practices will be doing something similar so certainly for the over 85s hang in there your vaccine is on the way Hungary says a texter are in the EU the same as Ireland but they ignored Europe and they ordered the Sputnik Sputnik 5 isn't that what their vaccine is called from Russia so it can be done our, our government are pretty weak they need to stand up to uh, Europe and then lots of people are asking like a listener is saying what about the uh, 68 year old who needs the vaccine you're just going to have to wait I am afraid someone else 
says, Patricia, tell everyone they need to be kind, be patient when it comes to the vaccines. They are on the way, but people simply have to uh, wait for it. And some of your uh, texts in on vaccines says, uh, Sheila, I don't think it should be shown on TV. People being vaccinated. And Sheila says, I still remember injections when I was a child. I remember getting the injection for polio. And I also remember a drip being put into my uh, arm and at the time I thought I would lose my arm. So some people have very bad experiences of getting injections as a child. It's kind of a little bit like people who are fearful of the dentists and we all have memories of going to the dentist as a child and certainly my memory was the injection that they used to put into your mouth to deaden your mouth seemed to be the biggest injection under the sun and I don't know whether that's because we were very small or whether the injection was very big but when you go to the dentist now it's a completely different experience okay yeah you still have to have the injection but it's a completely different experience to what we remember as uh, children so I don't know some of the phobias to do with needles could it could it go back to childhood and just having a really, really bad experience? But certainly, Sheila, you're not on your own. A lot of people don't like the fact that they're showing on the TV people being injected and it's actually putting uh, some people off. Uh, Liam is, is saying, how can people from County Clare go to Limerick to get t- t- for their vaccination centre. Uh, it'll be outside of their county when I'm, I'm assuming if you get called for a vaccination, it's deemed an essential travel. It's, it's essential travel if you were stopped by the Gardaí. Shona, yesterday I mentioned somebody who works in a GP practice and the husband contacted us to say he had to drive his wife to Port Leash on Sunday for her to get her vaccination, which I thought was absolutely ludicrous. But obviously if they were stopped on the way, they have that's a genuine reason for uh, travel. Someone else about the vaccine. Could there be asymptomatic people heading into those big vaccination sites giving out as much COVID as the vaccine, especially with the waiting areas. And we've been told you have to wait 15 minutes after getting your vaccine. So there could be people in there who are transmitting COVID. I tell you what, says this texter, I'll be out the door as soon as I've had my uh, jab. That'll be enough to be taken home with me. Uh, well, I know on the 15 minutes you have to remain afterwards, everyone's socially distanced, they've everybody two metres apart. So they are allowing for that, that it is possible that somebody could come in with uh, COVID. But please God, you will be fine and you're getting a very effective vaccine judging by the information that's coming out at the moment. Anne says when we get our two injections for COVID will we be safe to go out uh, then? Well I know Deputy Ronan Glynn was talking about that uh, yesterday and he's you know saying that all the positive data that's coming particularly from Israel on the Pfizer uh, vaccine it's you know it's really welcome and that people can be very confident in in the vaccines and knowing that they are protecting themselves. And he said it is reasonable to look forward with confidence to more freedom. But he did say that that freedom is not expected until the summer or until the autumn. We have to allow for more people to be vaccinated. So it isn't a case um, that as soon as you've fully vaccinated that you'll be free to go off and do your own thing. You'll st- we'll still be wearing masks. We'll still be social distancing and we'll be still be abiding by all of the uh, rules and the regulations. Wouldn't it be nice as another texter if we did get help from the UK when it comes to the rollout of the vaccinations? Because if we did, we could then holiday in the UK and people in the UK could come over and holiday in here. We would have control in this uh, country, not happy with the way the government are running it at the uh, moment and says when will people with a disability get the injection for covid that hasn't even been mentioned yet, Anne, or whether when they're talking about the new categories and talking about prioritising people, that's been spoken about this week, whether a new list will come out or not. But at the moment, 
no timeline and uh, no date unfortunately. Someone else says why aren't we being told more about vitamin D as well as all the hygiene routines that we're totally being told. Nobody's speaking out about vitamin D. Well if you go online there's a lot of really incredible studies about vitamin D and I know Annelise Drussell we tried to do our bit to sing the praises of uh, vitamin D. Take your vitamin D it seems to be. doesn't stop you getting COVID but they've proven in a lot of countries that people who have high levels of vitamin D do not seem to be getting as sick as those people that have low levels of vitamin D. So your vitamin D is really important. Hi Patricia, there is a variant in the colleges at the moment. Yeah, I mentioned that Limerick and Galway have two kind of major outbreaks at the moment. I'm wondering, says this texter, is that the same as the English recent variant? I don't mean the Kent one that's rampant here. It's about 75% of all the cases are the Kent one. But there's a more awkward one that will blunt the vaccines. I think we should breach EU regulations to save lives and purchase as many vaccines vaccines as we can uh, from our neighbours across in the United Kingdom. I don't know if that new strain has surfaced in this country or not uh, yet but if it does no doubt we'll be hearing about it and a McCroom listener says the Irish government are simply too slow and too timid. They seem to be afraid of upsetting the EU. I agree with you Patricia buy Britain's extra vaccines and do it sooner rather than later and that's from a McCroom listener and just a final text saying morning Patricia any chance that you could give the name that Annalise said yesterday for a torn muscle it's now normally because Annalise gives such detailed advice I can normally remember never remember the answers but this one I do uh, Arnica gel was what she said to rub into the area where the torn muscle was and then to take Arnica tablets at the same time and it does help with the torn muscle and remember uh, that Annalise has got a website now up and running and every Monday after she finishes her slot with us all of the advice and all of the products that she spoke about and any advice that she gave it uh, goes up on uh, line at the uh, health healthhubstore.com uh, if you want to check it out and she's got all the information uh, up and she puts it up every week after her slash because I know on a Monday afternoon John Paul spends much of the day feeding costs from people uh, because lots of people really enjoy Annalise's slot and the great advice that she gives but the amount of people that don't always get exactly what she says or they half hear it and uh, therefore John Paul gets a lot, a lot of costs so she's putting it up on her website every Monday. 1850 We're going to take a break and we are back chatting with Joe Heffernan. And before we go to Joe Heffernan can I just give some advice that has come in in reaction to the email I read out from Linda, not her real name, uh, who contacted us who's in the very abusive, physically abusive relationship and uh, looking for help and advice. Uh, Micah says Patricia, I'm listening to the harrowing story of the that lovely lady who's been attacked and abused by her husband. It actually had me in tears. My suggestion for that lady, she needs urgent help, is contact her local Gardaí, who as far as I know, have protective services teams. They do in each division. They are specifically trained in dealing with exactly these awful situations. They can get her to safety and they can get her children to, for, to safety too. She sounds so scared in the email and, and she did. I mean, particularly the way she said to me, to make sure that she stays private so that it won't lead to any more harm and the fact that she signed the email as a very lost soul that was the bit that broke my heart and then here's thank you for that Michael here's a bit of hope Um, can I just put that lady Linda at ease says this texture I had the exact same type of abuse done to me for many many years and like Linda I was in the same situation I had two small children I rang Yana the North Cork domestic abuse service you are not alone and the best help I got from there now my kids are older and they're happy with me there just mum uh, and she would tell Linda she will get there 
but I was treated the same. Best of luck to her. In making the first call is the hardest, but believe my words, you and your kids will be happy again. Please don't mention my name either for obvious reasons. Thanking you. Well, well done. Well done. So yeah, you need to reach out. Okay, uh, Joe Heffernan uh, joins us. And actually, we, we're going to be dealing with couples and relationships on our slot uh, today. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. Yeah, it was uh, a, a, a new, a, one of our listeners contacted us yesterday by uh, email just in a really, really physically abusive uh, situation yeah. Yeah. and just feeling, you know, doesn't know where to go, what to do, you know. And like my advice to her was she needs to reach out. There yeah. is help, isn't there? I mean, that Oh, absolutely. And the, the two bits of advice there that were given are absolutely very on the ball. That would be the way to go. And like what we were, what we will talk about today then would be a less, much less volatile situation where during the lockdown that maybe we're all a little bit on edge. Now, I'm not talking at all about where a thing comes to domestic abuse where one has to, as came across there very clearly, um, uh, there are certain things that uh, need to be done. Absolutely. But very far short of that then would be rows, disagreements, a lack of patience, a lack of understanding of the other person's point of view. And uh, rather than having a row, we will try today to kind of suggest, um, you know, maybe uh, a better way to uh, to solve a problem. Because sadly, and whatever whatever it is about this pandemic and lockdown, and it's probably the fact that we're all on top of each other and there seems to be no uh, escape from it, uh, lawyers, solicitors will tell you they are seeing an increase in calls from people who want a divorce. And it's... And it's purely down to the because of the pandemic, people are getting on each other's nerves. And before you get to that stage, it's to try and work on the relationship because it would be awful to think the relationship would break down and all it really needed was some work to be done. Yeah, I and I saw a long article. Now, I'm usually a week behind with the papers. Um, but so, I don't know, was it last Sunday or the Sunday before? But there was um, a, a, a female solicitor from uh, a Dublin firm on, and she was saying that she had got 10 uh, requests about divorces in the um, in the month of January alone. Yeah. And uh, that was rather startling. And uh, that's, of course, when things get to extremes. And, you know, uh, a thing I would say would be a broken marriage is better than a bad marriage. And there's... Um, if there is no solution, well then, um, one has to look after oneself and take the right steps. No question at all about that. And but, then, the, yeah. you know, being locked locked up together is probably the wrong word, but, you know, we're spending yeah. a lot more time yeah. with our partners than we would normally do. Yeah. You know, you've got people working from home. You have the added, if there's small children in the house, you've got this homeschooling going yeah. on. Yeah. And tempers are getting frayed. Absolutely. And, no, that's where we're at today. Yeah. Yeah. And people are rowing, I think, probably over things they would never row about normally. Yes, if somebody says, um, I think uh, the weather outside is improving, that can grate on the nerves of the other person. And there's absolutely no need at all for it. But 
it can get to the point where the other person's voice, regardless nearly of what they're saying, is irritating and annoying. And that's what we have to watch, that these kind of things don't escalate into a situation where both people are, uh, as we'll put it, locked up together for this, um, uh, with these restrictions and that no one is talking to anyone else because that uh, adds to the, the tension and the stress that I think we're all under and no one is immune to it. But if we bear a couple of things in mind, um, well, then there's a possibility that um, <clears throat> there's a... Um, that a disagreement need not turn into a row. That, that's the whole object now of, of today's chat, would be, um, uh, you know, to, uh, to defuse situations before they get to a stage where it's either a shouting match or silence. Um, in other words, um, aggressive anger, um, and I don't mean physical, um, I mean, um, verbal um, uh, shouting. It could be about bringing out the bins. It could be about any little thing uh, that normally would not, um, uh, you know, result in, in a row like that. But when we're all, and I stress that, well, at least speaking for myself anyway, that um, when we're on edge a bit with this uh, uh, different life, different lifestyle, different life, that um, uh, it's hard to cope. And um, sometimes there's no one else to give out to and to... Um, Except uh, the husband or the wife. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. was. I saw on, somebody put it up on Twitter and it was early on now in the, in the lockdown. Somebody was saying that she never realised how annoying her husband's laugh was oh, until yeah. they're with each other, you know, all day, every day. And, yeah. and it just, and it was the smallest, the, the stupidest thing that she, yeah. and it was just obviously she was having a bad day and the husband's, yeah. you know. And in our house, it's the emptying of the dishwasher. Oh. And normally yeah. I'm really good about, you know, pick pick your battles. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like, would you not empty the dishwasher sometimes? Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's crazy the things that will irritate you that normally never irritated you. Right. And then we'll say the other person was doing a bit of stuff online or something and the connection broke down or something went wrong. Uh, then the other person isn't ready to uh, to hear uh, about the dishwasher, and therefore um, that uh, feels to the other person like, oh my God, um, you know, would you not pick another time to be going on about the dishwasher? And the next thing is there's a row, and and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about now. Yeah. So it's yeah. to sort of diffuse the situation. Bef- Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And to broaden things out, um, you know, it's not really all about the dishwasher. It's not really all about the bins. It's about the fact that, you know, there's no, there's no harm at all in sharing with the person. Um, uh, I'm feeling really uptight today. Um, do you know, every blooming thing is getting on my mind. And... Uh, you know, I'm dreading going near the bloody computer because, um, uh, you know, something like I've forgotten a password and uh, and that really uh, irritates in a big way. And to kind of be able to say to oneself, well, hold on a second now, um, this, this ain't good. 
uh, maybe I need to step outside the door for a minute and get a little bit of fresh air, uh, take a breath, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, and to do that uh, rather than respond immediately in an aggressive kind of a tone about um, what, whatever is going on. Like a lot of people would make um, make a deal, as it were, or make a, an arrangement might be a better word. Um, you know, uh, I look after the kids today from 11 until, say, half 12. And if you want to go for your walk, um, that would be a great time. Okay. Then, in the afternoon, um, if you will look after what needs to be done between, okay, um, half two and four o'clock, uh, I'll go for my walk. And, um, and, and, and that way, uh, we have an arrangement. We know where we stand and everyone will be looked after. That, that, that kind of thing. It's share, yeah, sharing out everything. Yeah. Because there's, like, there's no right or wrong way to live through a pandemic. No, none of us have ever done this before. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are finding it easier. Some people are liking the solitude of being on their own. And some people are liking the idea of all the family always being around together and nobody having to go to work. Yeah. But others are not. Others are like a lot of people are struggling with it. And I know I even mentioned it yesterday. I don't know what it was at the weekend because lots of people are saying this particular lockdown seems to be the toughest of all three lockdowns and I kind of noticed at the weekend when I was you know I was I don't know when I say out and about I was out doing the shopping temper seemed to be getting a little bit frayed yeah that's exactly yeah that's yeah tempers are getting a little bit frayed and the thing is that I suppose that in the in the first lockdown anywhere back there in the spring um uh it might seem trite to say but it's true that we had good weather and, you know, a walk could be pleasant um, uh, weather-wise. Whereas when we have wind and rain and the odd bit of sleet or snow, you know, I mean, that kind of adds to the whole blooming thing. And as well, it was the novelty factor. It was the start. St- I mean, if anyone was to tell us last March, you'd still be doing this in 12 months, it, yeah. it might have been very different. But it was almost, it was a novelty factor at the start that got us through a lot of it as well. I think you're spot on there. And, and that now it's become a real chore as against um, uh, the novelty value, as it were, is gone out of it. And um, our, um, you know, our capacity for... Um, uh, for endurance uh, is probably getting a little bit frayed. And uh, I agree with you that some people will cope better than others. But even at that, there's a variation. I might be fairly okay on the Friday, um, you know, and I'd be um, coping okay, you know, um, uh, read a book, do a bit of work, etc., etc. That would be grand. But on Saturday, I might be like there's a hive of bees um, in in my shirt. Um, uh, And when I try to, when I say like, okay, what was the big difference between Friday and Saturday? There was really none except that my mood took a bit of a swing um, for the worst. Um, And uh, that's kind of unpredictable. But you know, Awareness is curative. If we're aware of what's going on, if we say, okay, I'm not having a great day today, I won't engage with A or B or C. In other words, it's not the day to bring up, um, did you pay that bill? 
it's not today. And also being tuned in uh, to the other person. That, you know, um, it's just not the day for um, this needs to be done and that needs to be done. It could be the day for would you like a cup of tea? And, um, and the little things like that are so helpful. I mean, we all need to feel that we are um, uh, cared for. You know, yeah. now, to be honest about it, like... Um, so it's timing. Uh, a lot of it's down to timing, getting the timing, timing right. Timing is so important. Yeah. As I said there earlier, if the old broadband is just after breaking down, if a person is working remotely and the whole thing has just gone a bit pear-shaped, that's not the time to say, um, did you bring out the bins? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to time the thing a, a bit... Um, uh, there will be a time when everyone is in, you know, a relaxed enough kind of a way to say, come here, that needs to be done. And the other person will say, sound out, I'll do that now. Um, the, you know, so timing um, absolutely is so important. Now, we often spoke before about, like, if people are tired or if people have uh, alcohol taken, um uh, is not the time to bring up something which might be contentious. Now, the problem at the moment is that every blooming thing can be contentious because we're sort of on the edge an awful lot of the time. Now, the reason I'm saying that is that um, I'm, I'm not pretending to know everyone uh, who's listening. Uh, I'm just talking from my own heart about uh, things, uh, how, how things are with me. And it ain't easy. It's a, it's a tough old time. And um, so, uh, you know, we need to try and take a breath, step outside, calm down a bit, and just think, um, okay, uh, maybe, maybe this is the time to take a little five-minute walk even, and uh, and to let things cool. Yeah, and you see a lot of people are using exercise as a way of yeah. sort of diffusing situations. And it's great to yeah. see people exercise, lots of people out jogging and, you know, walking yeah. and, and, and whatever. And you will feel better when you when you come back after getting Absolutely. a bit of, bit of fresh air. when you come back, you might be well prepared to listen. And listening is the hardest part. We all want to talk, talk, talk when there's some kind of a little bit of um, uh, a, a discussion. But... The big bit, the hard bit, the good bit is to listen um, and not to be only going over in your head what you intend to say next while the other person is talking. To actually listen, listen yeah. to what they're saying. All right, because Una sends in a text saying, Hi Patricia, I asked my husband some years ago. It's sad to hear of couples arguing when at least they can share the burden. I've no yeah. one to chat to and I, and I miss it dearly. Joe is great. I love his slot every Tuesday. That's from uh, Una. And that is hard, isn't it? When, when you've been with somebody all your life and suddenly they're gone. Oh, it must be dreadful. Yeah. It true. must be dreadful. Um, um, uh, Una, um, yeah, that's, that's very, very tough going. Um, yeah. Okay. Whatever about the little rows and whatever about the little bits of argument that might happen now and again, um, you know, we're blessed when we have someone in our lives um, who has, at the end of the day, our, our best uh, uh, at heart. 
Okay. Yeah. All right, listen, have a good week and we're going to continue with this and give fair fight guidelines because obviously there are things you have to uh, fight or argue over or sort out, but there's, there's yeah. guidelines we want to chat about. We'll do that next week. Have a good, okay. great week, Joe. Thank you for that. And the same. Bye-bye. That is Joe Heflin who runs a counselling practice in Boherbui. His number is 029-766-17. And thank you to Michael in Castletown Bear who sent on a piece. This is breaking news to say that a Waterford great-grandmother, a lady by the name of Margaret Power, has become one of the first people over the age of 85 in Ireland to receive the COVID vaccine in the community. She's 93 and there is a photograph of her on breakingnews.ie receiving her vaccine um, at her local primary healthcare centre in Waterford. Uh, So uh, well done uh, to Margaret Power, 93 and no doubt there'll be many, many more of those photographs and it'll be on the news and I know the the sight of people getting the injection is putting other people off and we will have a GP who will join us tomorrow on the programme for anybody that has questions about the rollout of the vaccine to GPs particularly to the over 85s and Michael also says to just to remind people when people are talking about the big hubs and the big vaccination sites that we've been talking about 37 that got announced yesterday and we mentioned there's an extra one because the Clonakilty GAA centre is also going to be used Michael is making a good point he said remember it's doctors and pharmacists who will in the main be the ones giving the vaccine jabs. Those big vaccination uh, sites, Michael reckons, will be a waste of money because he said at the end of the day, most people are going to go through their GP and you will go through your GP for medical reasons. Who knows your medical history better than your GP or your local pharmacist? Safety will always come first. And Michael says, I've signed up with my GP yesterday for the uh, vaccine. Good luck with that, uh, Michael. And I think, yeah, I think many people will opt to go to their own GP I think that when those vaccination centres, the big ones that they, and I hope that they're not a waste of money, uh, Michael, but I think that when they will really start to kick in is when we start getting a big flood of vaccines onto the market. And they were talking at one stage that they they could be in a position where they could have 250,000 vaccines uh, to give out. And when they're giving it out to the general population, that's when I think the GPs and maybe the pharmacies won't be able to cope with the numbers who would be looking for a vaccine. And that's where maybe those sites will come in but again it's only only time will tell on that one because what are we dependent on the rollout of the actual uh, vaccines and Jim and Balancolics says uh, hi Patricia how do I register for Cork's Ken's Pure Cork uh, quiz you have to wait for this afternoon it will be Nick and then it'll be Martina later on they will give you the queue when they give you the queue you text or WhatsApp and then they're left open for maybe 10-15 minutes and then it's at that point in time they will select somebody to take part and remember I'll be doing it all over again tomorrow on this programme and Ken will be doing it twice uh, tomorrow Okay, that's where I leave you for today my thanks to uh, Bernie who worked on the show uh, today John Paul on a day off he's back with us though uh, tomorrow and I will talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on to the line Patricia Messenger have a very good afternoon and stay safe When you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy Mail checks, invoices, legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.